The Adam Crowley Show. I've never felt so alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Look, I have to apologize for the last segment. It was just not, well, it did not live up to our standards uh, in a couple of regards. Uh, first of all, I said that Carter Rowney signed a one-year deal. And for that, I am truly sorry. It was actually a three-year deal. And we are nothing on this radio show if we are not credible. We need credibility. We need it. Uh, we also need to be able to get our takes out appropriately, uh, whether it be me or Brian or, in this case, Tom. And, well, I have to formally apologize for what he just did. Oh, what's really pissing me off are fans that think it's any of their, it's their opinion that they had, fans that think that they can have an opinion on where a freaking athlete goes. One more time. Oh, what's really pissing me off are fans that think it's any of their, it's their opinion that they had, fans that think that they can have an opinion on where a freaking athlete goes. You can hear me and Brian chuckling in the background. You know what's really pissing me off? It's when when fans when they when they have opinions when the fans with the, 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 the and they they do the and the when the, the with the fans and it really drives me crazy when they have opinions because I can't formulate mine. <laughs> so we apologize for that on the Crowley show. How are they good at opinions and I'm not? I know uh, this guy's out here bitching about the 280 characters that people are spilling out on the interwebs about the NBA free agency and. Tom can't even get through 30 seconds of content on the show. I mean, I've been the one that's been off for 10 days, Tom, not you. <laughs> I expected to come back and just plug into a well-oiled machine, and, well, here we are. But I will apologize for my factual error. Uh, I'm sure that some of you will not be able to sleep at night thinking Carter Rowney signed a one-year deal when, in fact, it was three. Actually, can we stay there for one second? What the hell is that? At Carter Rowney for three years? Guess what? If they sign Carter Rowney to a one-year deal, Carter Rowney would have become a free agent. No one would have wanted him, and they would have signed him again for another one-year deal. And then they could have done the same thing again. I'm sure Carter's a nice guy. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we got Jesse Marshall from The Athletic. He's big time on the analytics, but also in terms of watching film. The Penguins have said that they watched couple of games of Jack Johnson leading up to his healthy scratch to find out why he was healthy scratched and they think they can tweak some of the problems that he had there and they don't think the problems were all that great Jesse will tell us about that as he's going back and watching the film he'll also tell us why he's terrible in terms of analytics but before we get to that LeBron James contract with the Los Angeles Lakers I want to break it down money wise before we get into what this does for the NBA it's 154 million dollars over four years so that comes out to thirty-eight million five hundred a year. That's just over three million a month. Just over seven hundred and forty thousand a week. One hundred and five thousand a day. Four thousand three hundred ninety-four an hour. Seventy-three point two five a minute, and a dollar and twenty-two cents for every second. So he would have been paid about fifty-seven second cents. Pardon me to struggle with the take that Tom just put out there. <laughs> In the time it took you to do this, 
Oh, what's really pissing me off are fans that think it's any of their it's their opinion that they had fans that think that they can have an opinion on where a freaking athlete goes. Yeah, LeBron James just made what seventy five cents there. Ah, more than that. My, my math is bad. That's some West Virginia yeah. math right there. Yeah. That's about four. That's about four. How many seconds was that, Tom? Just tell me. It's uh, 10 seconds. It's 10 seconds. That's 10 bucks there for LeBron James. Uh, almost 11. Maybe a, li- a little bit more than... A- <laughs> now, I've turned into you now that math is wow, coming to it. Wow, it's rubbing off. It huh? did. It did. The math, I should not have done that. Yeah, that throws all you uh, alumni from <laughs> WVU yeah, that's off. Not, that's not good. <laughs> okay, so I've got the, I think, definitive question on LeBron James going to the Los Angeles Lakers. The definitive question. How pissed is Kobe? He's got to be pissed. Got to be pissed. The Mamba? That's his squad. And now LeBron James is going to come on in and win a championship. That might not happen. But LeBron James is going to come in and put up 30 and 10 and 8. Uh-oh. Maybe Kobe Bryant gets pushed down a little further on the list of all-time greatest Lakers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's already contending with Kareem. He's already contending with Wilt. Now all of a sudden he's got to contend with Jerry West, got to put him in there, and LeBron James. And we all know that Kobe Bryant is an arrogant prick face. Oh, my God. That guy thinks he's probably better than LeBron James, right? But now he's going to have to have that conversation a lot, and I love it. Let's not forget, too, LeBron James single-handedly took Kobe Bryant out of his Michael or Kobe better conversation. Mm. Remember the early days? He's always going to be the great one. Black Mamba, here he comes. Never. You never hear him anymore. Now it's just straight up. So he took him out of the conversation, took him out of his team. No statue for Kobe. It's over, dude. Sorry, Kobe. Is he going to now change the conversation from is Kobe better than Kareem? Is Kobe better than Magic? To now is Kobe better than LeBron James and Magic and West and all those guys? He just gets pushed further down the totem pole. And he was the guy. I mean, he was LeBron James in this league before LeBron James was. And then LeBron James just... Out Kobe Kobe. I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's great theater. And I think it's good for the league to have Los Angeles be back again. Like, the Bruins now in the National Hockey League, they were really good last year. I think that's good for the league when you get the Blue Bloods. Penn State was out of it for a while in football. Now they're back. I, it's good for the sports when you can have these Blue Bloods. And we all know what happened with Penn State, but you get what I'm saying here. The Lakers being the Lakers... Now, whenever you could have Boston on the other side, maybe come out of the Eastern Conference, that's hella great, man. That's hella great. Now, I will say this. You don't know where Kawhi's going to go. You don't know how the rest of the free agency and the trade market's going to shake out in the Western Conference, but how good is this team that he's on right now? Is it is it the second-best team in the NBA in the Western Conference? You think so? You think You think it's better than Houston? Yeah, it is, because they have LeBron James. That's the only reason why it's elevated to the second best roster in the West. Not the Vegas thinks so too. They're the second leading favorite to win the finals next year. Yeah, and it's going to only get better because this That's first true. year there's a bunch of one year contracts on there. You got McGee on one year. Uh, you've got Stevenson on one year. So if things don't work out this year, and and again, free agency not over yet, so we don't know what else is going to happen. But even as is, 2019 is going to be an even better year because they're going to clear off a bunch of cap space. And they don't have to pay Brooke Lopez anymore this year. So, do you? 
dropping Brooke Lopez knowledge on my head. Do you think that it's bad for the league to have one conference be that stacked? I mean, look look at the East. I mean, it's going to be Boston, and it's going to be the 76ers. And the Raptors are there a little bit. No, they're not. They're they, kind of there. You know what? The Raptors, I, bu- I bought into the Raptors. I said, here we go. The Raptors, they got it. And yeah, then they just get But LeBron's swept. gone now, though. And that was the only thing holding them back. Was it, though? We don't know that. That was who kept bouncing them out every year. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know who. who they, we don't know if they would have been balanced had they not. We'll find out this year. I mean, the Pacers go toe to toe, seven games with LeBron James, and the Raptors, who are a good team, they get bounced in four. Don't even fight. Nothing. I mean, it's almost like now, like the Eastern Conference. I mean, did they just put an all-star team together in the finals? I mean, let, let's just take the best players out of the Eastern Conference and throw them against whoever wins the West because. I mean, if things stay the way they are, I mean, other than some kind of weird aliens coming down and creating a new super team, Whoa. it's going to be the West forever. I mean, think Space about Jam. it. The finals, the finals are going to be almost unwatchable. The, the Western Conference finals, that's the championship. I mean, it might as well be from this point on. And another thing, it's funny about the whole West thing. Like before uh, LeBron made his decision, everybody's saying, oh, he won't go to the West. He, you know, He's going to go to the East. He wants to face the Warriors. I got a thought that he goes to the West. He doesn't have to lose another final. That's a black mark on his record. He does not like losing finals. So if anything, he goes out in the Western Conference final if he <laughs> loses to him. So he doesn't have, oh, look how many finals he lost. It's kind of a good situation for him. They're better than Houston right now? Yes, I would pick them over Houston in a seven-game series. As the roster currently stands. Yeah. How about the Thunder sticking together? That's, I mean, that's, that's the other thing, is that I think LeBron, at some point, thought Paul George was going to wind up with him in Los Angeles. Didn't happen. Well, that's because Paul George has been saying for two years that he's going to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah that, might have, that might have tipped him off. So I guess Paul George just either liked it that much in Oklahoma City, or he doesn't want to be the guy who's with LeBron James, which is stupid in my opinion. got to have a healthy ego to play with that guy. You really do. You can't be one of these guys that's all about themselves. Because, no. look, regardless, and this leads into the ball thing, too. Whatever team LeBron <laughs> is on, it's his team. And you got to wonder how that plays out as well. Because this will be LeBron's Lakers. Ball, if he's allowed to continue playing, where does he fit in, really? I mean, he's not going to be able to run the offense. That's what he's doing right now. It's going to be kind of that uh, that point forward thing that uh, LeBron does. Right, he's running it, man. So I mean, it gets into a weird situation here with that too. But that's some nice that's some nice salary you can dump. You know, that might that actually might make some stuff work for the Kawhi for a Kawhi trade. Right, I think you do. You have to part with Ball in order to get Kawhi. I mean, do the Spurs? If you do it now, I think you do. Do the Spurs have any leverage though? I mean, if Kawhi is legitimately willing to sit out the way he did this year, then they really don't. I mean, you just got to get something for him. We'll see how that all shakes out. Here's the other question I had. I had two big questions in this segment. How pissed is Kobe? And, number two, should we get matching LeBron James Lakers player tees and piss everyone off? <laughs> I mean, the answer to that question is yes. I think I, absolutely. I guess the follow-up to that question would be, is he wearing 23 or 6? In all the photoshops that are coming out on the internet right now, it's 23. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, that could change. But I guess the educated guess is he's sticking with 23. Here, here should be the move. Here's what Magic Johnson should say. You say, all right, boys, 
Let's sell all the 23 jerseys, and then LeBron, you're going to wear six, and then we'll sell the sixes again. That's, <laughs> that's, that's marketing right there. Right there. You know what? I shouldn't even be doing this job. I should be doing that. What you said is marketing? That's what you call it? Yeah, marketing. Very good. I, I should be able to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Be good at that. Coming up next, I will stop talking and stumbling through the NBA. Jesse Marshall of The Athletic joins us here on The Crowley Show to talk about Jack Johnson. Is he ass or can he be an asset? Oh, boy. It's The Crowley Show. Uh, what's really pissing me off are fans that think it's any of their <laughs> it's their opinion that they have. Fans that think that they can have an opinion <laughs> on where a freaking athlete goes. Today, Junior! <laughs> 92. He wouldn't shut up, so we gave him a talk show. Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. For the second segment in a row, I feel terrible, and I'm going to have to issue a correction here. Uh, We pride ourselves on credibility here on the Crowley Show. We like to get things right. In fact, it is the year of excellence 2.0. We're trying to keep each other accountable, so that's why I am coming forth with this correction. It's been pointed out to me on Twitter.com by Zach that I said that Kobe Bryant was moving down the totem pole. And I thought that that meant that he was getting further and further away from Laker greatness in terms of the greatest Lakers of all time. Turns out, if you go to totempole.com, and be careful with typos there, (laughs) that I meant to say going further up the totem pole, and for that I am truly sorry. So up is bad, down is good. Correct. That makes See, they should have done that differently. It's like the opposite of the stock market. Yeah, that's, that's just not the way you do things. Up is always good. Yeah, if it's up... Further on the totem pole, only cats can get it. You don't want to leave your good stuff at the bottom. Yeah. You know, in a way that, that we do as America, let's just add a little revisionist history to everything, yeah. and we'll say that up is good on a totem pole and down is bad. New rule? Yeah, new rule. We're good there? Yeah, we're good. You All were right. right, man. Good job. Way to get that right. Well, uh, Tom, can you hit me with the breaking news sounder one more time then, please? We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. All previous corrections in this segment are null and void. Jesse Marshall joins us now from The Athletic. Hello, Jesse. How are you today? I, don't know, I, I just wanted to know. I have no input on the up-down thing. I did just want to point out, though, Adam, I'm a stern believer in your credibility. And it's from my eyes, anyway, uh, it has not been damaged today at all. Thank God. Oh, very good. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, you are as credible as they come, uh, both analytically and with your eyes and what you do watching video. So I know that you said that you were going to write a piece on The Athletic uh, about Jack Johnson and watched the video that the Penguins claim to have watched before signing Jack Johnson. A, have you gotten around to watching that? And B, if not, let's tear into the analytics here. Uh, I haven't yet. Uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of video on Jack Johnson since the rumor came out, but I thought it would be a fun exercise to go back, and the Penguins specifically pointed out the three games leading up to him getting benched. Um, And I thought maybe that would be fun anyway, because it's always fun to try to surmise what another NHL team sees when you're breaking down video. Uh, so that's that's our plan. We haven't gotten there yet, uh, but at some point today, I am going to start watching those three games uh, and try to put together a little uh, montage of uh, Jack Johnson's time and the games the Penguins specifically specifically scouted. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be badass. 
Let's talk then a little bit about the analytics. Uh, they're not good for one Jack Johnson, no? No, they're not good. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, you know, people, there seems to be like this, this discussion around Jack Johnson that says, well, he was, he was bad last year, but he was good the year before. And then for whatever, this, whatever reason, Adam, the discussion stops there. And we're ignoring so many other years of bad performances from him. It wasn't, it wasn't as if, you know, 2016-17 was great, 15-16 was great. You go back and back, and then it, the, the bottom fell out last year. No, 16-17 is the anomaly, Adam. I, I think that's the anomaly here is that one good season from Jack Johnson. You go back even further than that, and he struggled. Uh, I don't believe in plus-minus unless you're looking at it in gigantic buckets of information. And I think to just evaluate you know, Johnson's time uh, with the Blue Jackets, he's, he's consistently been on the ice for a lot more shot attempts than, than the Jackets are taking. He's been on the ice for a ton more scoring chances than the Jackets are generating, uh, and he's generally uh, been fishing the puck out of the back of his net a lot. So I know that Columbus isn't the greatest defensive hockey team uh, uh, the modern NHL era, uh, but that's a concern, right? And especially considering some of the deployments he got weren't all that difficult, uh, especially considering that some of the guys he played with experienced a serious rebound after they were separated from him. Uh, Savard's a great example. Uh, he seemed to have lost his game last year, uh, right around the turn of the calendar. And then once they got him away from Jack Johnson, his metrics are on the up. He seems to have refound it. Uh, so there's a lot that you have to consider. I mean, it's not, I know I'm painting a grim picture here, uh, but the Penguins quite clearly see something that, they, that in his game and with him as a whole that makes them confident that he can have an impact on the club. Uh, I guess what version of him or, uh, you get, I, I guess, is going to be the real question. And I think that also, Adam, ties into how the Penguins plan to use him. Uh, I think if they could do so uh, in a limited fashion, specific to that third pairing with some easier deployments, uh, he might give them some surprising results. In your video review, uh, Jesse, what do you think the Penguins see in him that maybe they can accentuate? What does he need to improve upon? Uh, I think that from an accentuate standpoint, I think they like the way that he can break the puck out of his end. Uh, and if you think about the Penguins last year, that was probably one of the things that was their undoing in the playoffs. A little bit of a carelessness on the breakout. Um, you know, not picking your head up to make the pass, just kind of banking pucks off the wall and hoping that your teammates are going to be there to pick them up. So I, I think if they like something, it's 100% Jack Johnson's ability to, to, to put tape to tape passes. Uh, onto the sticks of the skilled forwards that the Penguins boast. Uh, conversely, though, uh, I think on the flip side of that, uh, for as good as Jack Johnson was in making those breakout passes, he was equally as poor in defending his own blue line. Uh, and if you look, uh, there's a, a gentleman with the athletic named Corey Snader. He does a fantastic job in individually tracking every NHL game all season long uh, to track these zone entries and zone exits. And, and Jack Johnson was not... It's usually about 76% of NHL's defensemen were better at him than defending the blue line last year. Uh, I think that Justin Schultz had an uncharacteristically weird year uh, in terms of how poorly he defended his own blue line. Uh, it was a low point for him, and Jack Johnson was even beyond, way underneath that. So for me, it's always the hockey sense thing. I mean, that's, that's really been the tag that Jack Johnson's had to wear since he got drafted, is that he doesn't think the game well. He's always a step behind when it comes to making critical decisions in the defensive zone. Uh, to me, that ties directly into defending your own blue line, being able to mark guys appropriately, having a good gap, 
I think these are all things that he struggled with. Uh, so I think moving forward, if there's a focus on, I guess, quote-unquote, fixing Jack Johnson, it has to come with how he defends, how he protects the blue line, uh, and some of his decision-making processes when he doesn't have the puck on his stick. Jacques Martin and Sergei Gonchar have done a good job with some Penguins reclamation projects on the back end. So I think that they deserve to have a little benefit of the doubt there. That being said, I'll ask you this question. Bad signing, Jesse? I, I can't say that right now. Um, I mean, if you look, I think if you look at it this way, I mean, look at the, the money that's been thrown around, right? I mean, just before uh, I came on your show, we just found out that Carter Rowney is now making, you know, a total of three point some million dollars with the Anaheim Ducks. They're paying Carter Rowney over a million dollars a year to play hockey there. There's been some contracts that have been handed out that are real head scratchers. Um, contracts that you feel are just going to precipitate that next lockout in a couple years. Uh, you're going to put us right back to square one again. So the money itself is not bad. And if, if Jack Johnson proves to be absolutely horrendous and the Penguins bought him out, they're on the hook for pennies on the dollar. Uh, so it's not, it's not a huge deal in that sense. Uh, I, I guess, you know, and, and the term I know has a lot of people upset, but I don't think they were going to get him if they didn't offer him that term. Um, that's his security blanket, I guess, in a sense, uh, to have that security to say, even if things don't work out here, I, I still have some money coming my way. Um, so I don't know that I, 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 I don't, I definitely wouldn't say it's a great signing, Adam. I definitely wouldn't say that. Uh, and I have my reservations about it. Uh, but to your point, uh, I don't think having some time to ruminate on all this over the course of the last week when these rumors came out, I don't think that the Penguins coaching staff has been, quote unquote, fixing players as much as I think that they've been deploying them correctly. Mm. And I think when you keep, when you, it, Justin Schultz is a really good example of that. It, Justin Schultz, people don't realize this, Adam, he was a square peg in a round hole in Edmonton. And not only were they giving him top-line, top-defensive-pairing minutes, they were trotting him out there in the defensive zone a ton. They were giving him not a lot to work with in terms of quality of teammate, but they were asking him to play against the other team's best players. So he's doing so, starting out in his defensive zone, Without a lot of help from his teammates, uh, in situations that just aren't advantageous to him, he comes to Pittsburgh. The Penguins put him in that sixth spot. They give him the easy zone starts. Tons of time in the offensive zone. Tons of time with Crosby and Malkin. Tons of time away from the other team's best players. And allowed him to develop the confidence to put his game back together. Right? So I, I'm sure that there's personal coaching going on there. But when I look at that situation, I don't say, well, they sat him down in the video room and fixed him. I say they put him in a position to succeed. Mm. And that's certainly something that this coaching staff can do with Jack Johnson. Again, deploying him in a way where even if he's not at his best, he's not going to do a ton of damage to the team. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. Rajon Rondo has been signed by the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm going to report this right here on the show. I have no sources, but Ball's going to be traded. Bam! Gotta happen. Gonna happen. It's a one-year deal. I'm breaking it. I'm breaking it. And they got rid of Julius Randle as well. I'm breaking it. Mm -hmm. And Kawhi's coming in. Let's go, baby. Back to Jesse Marshall now uh, of The Athletic. Uh, Jesse, Matt Cullen, same kind of thing? Uh, Just about deploying him? And, my God, how are they going to deploy him? There's a lot of questions, I think, uh, that his signing, at least in my mind, bring to the forefront. Well, this time last year, the Penguins didn't have enough centers. Now they have too many. Yep. So, hey, problem fixed, right, at the end of the day? Sure. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I watched the, the tiniest bit of Minnesota last year. Um, 
If I may, I, I hate to speak for Matt Collin, but Matt Collin in Minnesota last year looked like a guy who just wasn't engaged in the culture. Uh, I saw a guy who wasn't out of place in his skating, who didn't look like he just fell off a cliff from 40 to 41. I just saw it, it was a weird situation for him, right? He walks into that team. Sure, it's his home state, but that's a team that was in transition last year. There's a lot of new faces. Uh, you know, I, I just feel like he still has something to give. Uh, I feel like he's an upgrade over Tom Kunakul and Carter Rowney. Uh, so I feel like no, if, no, no, if nothing else, you've improved your fourth line, yeah. uh, I think, by bringing Matt Cullen back. So, and if it's a deal that doesn't work, I, look, don't, and I know, I, you know, for a guy like me who makes fun of intangibles all the time, there's something to be said when every single person on a hockey team says that Matt Cullen is, is, a, is a pseudo fourth coach on the bench. And I, I just, for me, I don't undersell that at all. I don't undersell it at all, especially when you consider he's going to be around guys like Dominic Simone, Zach Aston Reese, even even Daniel Strong. There's something to be learned from watching Matt Cullen at 42 years old, a guy who's been and done it all in the National Hockey League, to watch the way that he prepares and gets ready for games. So, if nothing else, I, I just like having Matt Cullen's eye on the bench. Um, the, the penalty kill for the Penguins last year was a story of, of two units. There were nights where it just looked unbelievable. It would go on stretches of 14, 15, 16 straight kills. And then other nights it just couldn't stop fishing the puck out of its net. So it wasn't a bad penalty kill. It was an inconsistent one. And I, and I do think that Matt Collin can at least come in and help you fix that a little bit. Yes or no, Jesse, Jack Johnson and Matt Cullen are going to be the difference in the Penguins winning or not winning a Stanley Cup next year? I don't believe so. No, I, I think that if you deploy Johnson as like a five or a six, I don't see him giving you anything. I mean, at the, at the very worst, Adam, at the very worst, he's going to give you what Chad Ruedel did, maybe a little bit more. I, and that's fine with me. I, I think the Penguins' problem last year, uh, when it, it really came down to injuries and fatigue. Yeah. Jim Rutherford talked uh, ad nauseum about what this extra month off will do. I don't think these moves hinder the Penguins' chances. I don't know that they hugely help either. I think they patched up some holes, and they're kind of ready to – uh, you know, reload and, and come back uh, with the same uh, sort of dominant puck possession team that they had over the course of the last uh, two years. In the vein of improvement, and Jesse Marshall joins us here on the Crowley Show, uh, as I'm just sitting here thinking, how concerned are you about Matt Murray moving forward? I'm not. That's a good question, though. I, it's certainly easy to feel that way given uh, what happened last season. Uh, I, you know, I guess the solace that I take here uh, or the solace I would give to other people is that there was a period of time after the, the, the family tragedy that Matt Murray had, and he came back from that. It was about a three-week span of hockey he played before he got hurt, uh, where he was just lights out. Yeah. And it looked like what you'd expected to see from him at the start of the season. Uh, and then, unfortunately, he gets hurt. He's out of the lineup. He comes back. Why you saw flashes of that, you know, three-week streak of play in the playoffs it never really materialized the way you'd expect it to. Uh, but for me, uh, you know, last year was the anomaly. I know you look at whether it be on video or, or, or metrically speaking at, at Murray's first two runs. 17-18 uh, is the one that stands out as weird because, you know, he was so good outside of that. Uh, I don't think that you could take what I would perceive to be as an aberration uh, in his run, and, and all of a sudden say that's the standard. Um, like I said, we saw glimpses of it last year, but I would fully expect him to, to get back to normal uh, this season and to be the goaltender that we saw on the two Stanley Cup runs, no questions asked. Jesse, what do you think about some of the money being tossed around? Uh, let's say James Van Riemsdyk making 
a million and a half or so less than Sidney Crosby. Yeah, it's insane. Like I said, it's you know, think about this. And I always say, Adam, best sport, worst league, right? That the National Hockey League itself is, is at times run in a very bizarre fashion. Uh, and although the product just seems to get better every season, uh, in some respects, uh, I think the players are getting more talented, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There, there are things that just make me feel like it's such a, a short-sighted sports league, right? And when we had this last lockout uh, and the labor stoppage happened in the last go-around, uh, general managers are just bemoaning themselves that we can't keep up. These contracts are ridiculous. Well, you're the one that's creating the contracts. These offers are coming from you. Uh, general managers and owners in this situation have nobody to blame but themselves. Uh, so if we get into this next CBA, uh, and Gary Bettman, fresh off of his Hall of Fame ballot for growing the game, uh, doesn't like what he sees, you're going to have another labor stoppage. Now the National Hockey League will be, uh, again, the laughing stock of the major league sports world in the United States and Canada. And we'll be sitting here you know, wondering why we have a, a, a labor stoppage when general managers are throwing around all this money uh, in, in quite the irresponsible fashion, just banking that the cap's going to keep going up and up and up and up every year. Uh, but to your point, I mean, that's a lot of money for JVR. And I think JVR is a great player. But ask if, if, if you were starting a franchise, Adam, in the National Hockey League, would you be comfortable with JVR as your cornerstone that's going to make everybody else better? No. No, he, he's a good finisher. He thrives off playing with talented, quick players. But that's a lot of money for a guy that, you know, you look at Philadelphia, who's playing goal there? Who's going to play defense for them? James like, and there, are there, right, are there, are there, right. Are we just going to clone him and, and put pads on him and throw him in goal? So I agree with you. Every year we have this conversation, and then when the time comes for the CBA to be renewed, ownership cries that they're poor, uh, but they won't take that second to look in the mirror and acknowledge why that's the case in the first place. Last thing for you, Jesse. What's your pecking order now as the rosters sit in the Eastern Conference? Oh, boy. Well, I'm still going to put... 1A is going to be Washington and Pittsburgh because, look, the Capitals are no worse for the wear. I mean, they, unloading Brooks Orpik was addition by subtraction for them. Uh, they still have, I mean, I know that Grubauer is gone, but Braden Holby, you know, was just out of his mind in the postseason, uh, even though he didn't start for them. So I'm still putting the Capitals and Penguins at 1A. Uh, I'm going to put Tampa and Toronto at 1B, uh, and I guess I'll put the Bruins at 2 because uh, they, they, they haven't really – made that splash where you almost like wait for them to do something that's going to try to compete with what Tampa and Toronto is doing. Uh, but I mean, look, it's, it's, it's the most dominant conference in hockey. Make, make no mistake about that. And, you know, I, I loved what Vegas did in bringing in Paul Stastny, but I, I still think that there's a regression due for them. I guess my question is you look at the West, you've got Nashville, you've got San Jose. Uh, you, I mean, I, I don't, you know, outside of that, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head here. Winnipeg. Uh, I'm wondering who out there can compete with the East, and, and right now, yeah. that's, uh, that's the big question mark. Jesse, really appreciate the time, man. Always credible here on the show. Thanks a lot. Thank you. There he goes, Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. Rayshon Rondo! He gone. To the Lakers. You're right. You're right, Tom. They're going to win the whole thing. It's getting closer. Don't worry. Cousin, Cousins is coming next. Yeah, there's a lot that's more That's Rondo's boy. Okay, so <laughs> so here's here's the conversation, I think, right? They're getting big. Mm-hmm. And we all know that Golden State likes to shoot the bleep out of the ball. Same thing with the Rockets. 
It's going to be two completely contrasting styles. I mean, Rondo can't shoot. LeBron's LeBron. But Kawhi's game isn't exactly predicated on shooting. Boogie Cousins is a big mother bleeper. They're getting weird, man. They're getting big. Cousins Cousins can step out, though. He can. He's got that range. He can, but they can. I mean, they're not going to be able to shoot. He's a bruiser down, though. They're not going to be able to shoot anywhere near what Golden State can shoot. Well, if they get Cousins, Cousins will add some firepower. Uh, Caldwell Pope, too. He he might have a shot in a few years. I mean, it might, might not develop right this season, but... I mean, the cool thing about this is you got some young talent on this team around LeBron. Then you've got kind of another leader along with him and Rondo, who's obviously championship pedigree. You know, it's it's shaping up, man. This is this is gonna quickly. Maybe by the end of the day, this might be the greatest NBA team in history. Well, here, here's the deal, man. I just don't think you can count on Pope getting any better. If he was Cardinal, then he'd have some places to grow. See what you did there. Coming up next, it's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. What is that? It's, there's some still. Oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't, and it's awful. Okay, uh, sweet. Uh, I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh, uh, Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. The New York Islanders might have lost John Tavares, but they've replaced him with Tom Kuhnhockel. One-year deal. I'd also like to take some time and apologize for the last segment. The way that I performed was unprofessional and, I think, offensive to the Catholic Church. Uh, and also, it was just a joke that was not funny, and we have it here for you for proper context. Here's the deal, man. I just don't think you can count on Pope getting any better. If he was Cardinal, then he'd have some places to grow. Might be the single worst joke ever on the Crowley Show. That's saying something, too. Yeah. We've had some bad ones. I mean, I love you, man. I don't want to beat you when you're down, but that's pretty bad. What's the name of the player on the Lakers whose last name is Pope? Um, that is Contavious Caldwell Pope. If his name was Contavious Caldwell Cardinal, he more, would have some room to grow. More like Caldwell Banker. Woo! Even that's a little better. Even that I mean, is, that's horrible. That was a purposely horrible joke, mind you. I did not go into that expecting humor. I was just trying to highlight your bad joke with another one. That made me want to laugh more than hearing my joke on repeat. Yeah. Wow. Huh. We're just easing back in, aren't we? I suppose we are. <laughs> uh, Tom can't give a take for 15 seconds, let alone 30. Uh, I can't make a good joke in the Catholic genre. <laughs> and I've had to apologize four or five times today. Just You're messing up the facts? It's a whole thing. I've had a stellar day, by the way. You've I'd been tremendous. Like point out. You've been tremendous. Really, top of the game. Thank you. Thank you. 
You were back last week. Tom was back last week. I expected better from Tom. Uh, I'm happy to know that you're still in midseason form. Yeah, I come through for you, buddy. That's you do. do. You're clutch. Yep. Not Tom. No. Tom sucks. If his last name was Tom Cardinal, he'd have room to grow. It's a pope. Boy, that really was a bad joke. Yeah, man. That's, uh, well, you got to get your legs under you. You know, you like you got to jog around the track a few times before you run your race. You can't just go right out there and do it. So it's just it's some practice laps we're rolling today. When in Rome. Yeah. Guarantee you by, uh, by the end of the week when you're not here on Friday, we will be in top form. And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by to be determined john tortorella won a championship 14 years ago he has since been meh he went to the conference finals with the new york rangers he went to the stanley cup final with the new york rangers he went to the playoffs the last two years with Columbus after a terrible underperforming season in year one where he actually turned them around when he came on board. But it got us to thinking off the air. At what point do you start to lose your credibility as a coach that you gain from winning a championship? Like, the game evolves. Eventually, Chuck Knoll was no longer the right coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers because the game starts to pass you by. You know one way to do it. And you have to do it a different way, and eventually it just catches up with you. John Tortorello used to be a great head coach in this league. Now he's just, eh, has it caught up with him? You might be asking Crowley, how stupid are you? Why are you talking about John Tortorella in the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined? Well, here's the deal. Mike Tomlin is coming up on year 10 of his Pittsburgh Steelers tenure. And every time the Steelers underperform, what you have is a lot of people sticking up for Mike Tomlin saying he's won a championship, he's been to another one, and that's their defense. And a lot of times it's my defense. I believe in Mike Tomlin. I think he's a good coach, but you know why I think he's a good coach? Because he won a championship. Mike McCarthy, same thing. Should he have won more championships with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Probably, but he hasn't. And you want to know why he's still there? Because he won that one in 2010. So I ask you, the listening audience, I ask you, my snowflakes, who I've been away from for so long, at what point does that start getting old? Again, I am pro Tomlin. I think he's a damn good coach. I think he delegates really well. I think he hires good people around him. I think he's smart. I think he's a good motivator of men. I like Mike Tomlin. But at what point do you say, we're not getting enough out of this roster? Again, I'm not saying it now. But at 10 years since a championship with that Hall of Fame quarterback, do you start to ask the question again? For a guy like John Tortorella, is it time for him to fade off into the sunset? Is it time for him to whine at home into a pillow as opposed to whine in front of reporters in Columbus? Is it time for Mike Tomlin, if he doesn't win a championship in the next couple of years with Ben Roethlisberger, to say, you know what, maybe I'm going to go somewhere else. Maybe, just maybe, you need a fresh face. How much weight should it carry? Didn't carry that much weight for Dan Bilesma for all that long, right? Dan Bilesma was around. He was the longest tenured head coach in Penguins history. He won a championship. He got the Penguins to an Eastern Conference final against Boston, but they pooped down their legs there. And then one more F up and he was done. 
How many times does it need to happen before the championship that you won ceases to amaze people any longer? 412-922-2874. You can tweet in at underscore Adam Crowley. Ready for some things that piss us off? I am. Is there anything better than watching the sunrise with a cup of joe? Well, there shouldn't be. But on vacation, the only coffee around was hazelnut. Gag me with a spoon. That's like when your neighbor invites you over for a beer and it winds up being chocolate, pecan, porterweiss, and pilsner. I want a beer. It doesn't need to be dressed up. I want coffee. It doesn't need frills. It's the Starbucksization of this country. You damn millennials! I just want to wake up in the morning, watch the sunrise with a cup of joe, and what I wind up with is... You know what pisses me off? Fat ladies by the pool ordering food over the phone while I'm trying to relax in the sun. I'm just sitting there hanging out, and you have to order not one, not two, not three, but four pizzas. There's three of you there. Why do you order so much damn food? And do you really need the wings and extra blue cheese and the damn Diet Coke? I mean, for the love of God, lady, you're blocking the sun already. Stop ordering food on my pool. Get out of the way so I can catch a damn suntan. You know what really pisses me off? When the host of my favorite sports talk shows go on vacation. Look, I know we're all human. We all need some time off, some R&R. But when your job is just sitting in a chair for three hours a day, vomiting words into a microphone, isn't your life kind of like a vacation? In this current competitive media landscape, where it seems to let anybody behind a mic, I need the quality content that I crave week in and week out. And when I'm robbed of it, it's like going through the worst withdrawals of my life. With that being said, I'll miss you a lot this week, Dan Patrick Show. I thought you were talking about me. So did I. Oh, no, never. I mean, but I only ordered two pizzas at the pool. <laughs> oh. I'm back! Woo! I'm back! <laughs> I made a good joke again! <laughs> Coming up next, the Penguins are going to be better this year than last year. But it ain't because of Cullen, and it ain't because of Johnson. It's a Crowley show.